Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Master Your Mind podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Today, I got the opportunity to interview my friend Ashley Dufresne. Um, This interview was so much fun. Um, We just kind of riffed on so many different topics on spiritual awakening and channeling and manifestation and energy and mindfulness and all of the things. Um, And it was so much fun. Ashley and I, we kind of go, we go back like a year, a little bit longer than a year ago. Uh, We had the same business coach. And so we were in a year long mastermind together. And so um, I got to see how she's evolved. She's got to see how I've evolved. And it's just been really, really cool. And this opportunity to interview her was so much fun. And I will definitely have her back. So if you love this episode, definitely, you know, keep your eyes peeled for another interview sometime in the future with her. Um, but before we get into the episode, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Audible. If you're not familiar with Audible, Audible is a website that allows you to download digital audiobooks. And this means that you can listen to your favorite book wherever you are, essentially. Going for walks, exercising, um, going on a hike, driving, cooking, cleaning. This is what I love about audiobooks. And Audible has thousands of titles, including one of my favorite books that I've read this year called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And oh my gosh, if you have not read that book, get on it. It is so good. Um, they also have Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And those are two books that I would highly recommend if you are in the, you know, the search for a good um book that will really change your perspective. They are more than just self-help books. I feel like that is such a broad term. Um, These books absolutely created like some intense shifts in my life and I actually will be rereading or re-listening using Audible. (laughs) So if you are interested in trying out Audible, you can get a free 30-day trial. If you head on over to www.audibletrial.com slash master your mind, that's www.audibletrial.com slash master your mind, that is how you can get a free 30-day trial. If you guys use it, let me know. Let me know what books you're listening to. It is an amazing um, website and company. So the link is also in my show notes for this episode. So anyway, that is enough of me rambling. And let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back to the Master Your Mind podcast. Today, I am extremely excited because I am interviewing my friend Ashley Dufresne. I don't know why I really like it. That's how you say it, right? Dufresne. I really like it. I don't know why, but I like I like the way it's spelled. (laughs) Dufresne. Um, Okay. So Ashley Dufresne. I actually, side note, Ashley and I know each other from a year-long mastermind that we were in. Shout out to our coach, Brianna Rose. Um, (laughs) She kind of brought us together and we have been on retreats together and just went on this like incredible, yeah, 12-month long journey of business coaching. And it was so awesome. Um, That whole mastermind was incredible just because it brought, Mm -hmm. the people that it brought together was like, I'll cherish that for life. Mm-hmm, for life. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, yeah, it was amazing. 
and I miss it. <laughs> I do. Um, all right. So Ashley Dufresne is a master channel. She is an energy alchemist and CEO of Authentic Embodiment, whose mission is to align people with their authentic self and soul's mission. She guides purpose-driven empath leaders in aligning with their vibrate with the vibration of their soul so that they can gain clarity on their next evolutionary step in their purpose and business. Through her methodologies, <laughs> methodologies, Ashley has guided thousands from the depths of uncertainty and dissatisfaction, empowering them to live an aligned, joyous, and fulfilling life. Wow. So, Ashley, thank you for being on this podcast. I'm so excited to ask you all of the questions and all of the things. Um, but I wanted to kind of like let you introduce yourself and just give a little bit more of like a background on how you got to where you are now. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. <laughs> I listened to like all of all of the episodes when what was I was on my birthday trip. And yes. I just loved it. So happy <laughs> to be here. Yay. So honored. <laughs> so um, yeah, my work, my 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 work and um, how I got to where I am. So I'm a master channel, as she said, and um, my background is actually in psychology and clinical mental health. And mm. so although I've always had this spiritual gift, I have my brain is more logical more analytical and so I kind of dove into more of the science to try to understand my experience and so as I was going to school for psychology um, to become an art therapist I in, in the side was um, learning energy <laughs> healing and developing my channel and I've been developing my channel for just about a decade now just about 10 years and I've been doing energy alchemy for about eight years and yeah, I got my degree in psychology right out of college, got into art yeah. therapy. And, um, you know, it kind of went from there. I knew I was meant to be doing some holistic healing. And once I started doing art therapy with these at-risk at youth, I realized that it was even more holistic. <laughs> yeah. I just kept going more and more weird with my work. And so here, here I am now. <laughs> Full-blown weird. <laughs> Full-blown. I love it. Um, yeah, I remember you saying that you got your uh, degree in psychology, which is very, very cool. I actually, I feel like psychology kind of started it for me as well, just the interest in how the mind works. Um, so very cool. I uh, That's actually kind of a goal of mine in the future, possibly, to get a degree in psychology, just to kind of get that education, um, knowledge, um, and background. But that's very cool. So for the person who doesn't, who isn't sure, um, like energy alchemy and what that means, what, how do you define that? And kind of like, how do you work with others on that? Great question. Thank you for grounding my work. I feel like I like fly so far out that I'm like, everyone's okay. up here, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so thank you. You're energy welcome. Alchemy. <laughs> so, um, the energy, energy alchemy, the way I would define it is understanding the multidimensionality of who we are in ourselves and all aspects of ourselves. So understanding the many layers of us, our chakra system, of course, our energy body, but looking and seeing the 
how every aspect of ourself is deeply intertwined and connected. So looking at the energetics of our mental body and our emotional body and our physical body and how it holds energy, our neurological body and how everything is intertwined and how when we shift one thing, it can affect another. Mm. And we can't just focus in on one of these layers of self that it's really necessary, it's imperative that we implement and, and activate a, um, a collection, a collective work on every layer to alchemize our experience and transmute what we're going through to rise into, you know, that, that, that healing and embodiment of our next level. Wow. Yeah. Um, and kind of thinking of like, not separate pieces, but just kind of a whole body, mind, spirit type thing. Yes, exactly. It is. Wow. It's, it's, and so, you know, energy alchemy, it's the alchemization of energy, but we can't just work on one plane. You know, we can't just work on just the physical or just the mental or just the emotional or just the, you know, um, our, our chakra system. It's, right. it's important for us to work on all of it. And that creates the alchemy. Mm. So what is one way that you, oh, by the way, guys, like I'm just, for those listening, we're just kind of like riffing. So there's no like land questions I'm just going to go off of like basically the energy of the conversation so I'm, I might seem like I'm like <laughs> all over the place but there's but this is really cool stuff and I'm really excited um so what is one way that somebody can start to alchemize their energy is that like through meditation um yeah what are some ways that people can do that the ways to start is actually through mindfulness and I know that you are a master <laughs> in this it's getting really aware and mm -hmm. present in the moment and being able to witness yourself with compassion mm -hmm. so that you're able to witness and see these different levels and layer of self and see how they interact and affect one another because we can't really create change unless we understand our baseline, understand mm -hmm. where we're coming from. And so I, you know, a lot of people want to like take that action. Like, all right, I want to change this thing. Let's do it. And I actually always, <laughs> people hate it, but <laughs> I always <laughs> let people take those steps exactly. backwards. Yeah. And so they can be present and fully witness all that is happening. So they can gather all of the data necessary so that when they do move forward, they have all of the pieces they need to move forward with ease. So it doesn't feel like they're hitting a wall over and over. Mm. Yeah. That's a very important step. But I love how you start with that because it is true. Like it does all start with being mindful. And it's funny that you mentioned um, compassion because that's another thing. So today, so I see a therapist and um, our sessions are kind of like, kind of scattered. It's not like every week. It's kind of like when I feel like I need it, but that was something that we talked about. So I like, I love when this kind of, when these kinds of things happen, cause I feel like it's more confirmation, like compassion, <laughs> like that's something that I need to work on. So that's pretty cool. So thank you for saying that. Um, yes. Yeah. I love the validation of like, when we, when we're like, we hear something and we're like, Oh, thanks universe. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got yes. <it>. yes. <laughs> yeah. That compassion is such a key, like key element. Like you can't really heal without that compassion because if we don't come with compassion, we're leading our healing with our ego. Mm. And we're only looking to evolve and grow through judgment and resentment and like wanting something to change out of like self-hate. And that's yeah. no way to grow in the direction you want to go because 
as you know, energy, we, we attract in like energy. And so if we're trying to shift something, but we're coming from a place of judgment or anger or like self-pity or putting ourselves down, we're just going to attract in more of that energy and we're going to grow in that direction. So that self-compassion actually re- helps us release our grip on what we desire, release that strangling grip we have, yes. the thing we want so much and lets us open it up. And when we have that open picture, that, 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 and you guys can't see my hands, but like an open flower. <laughs> She's opening her hands. <laughs> you have the space to witness all that's happening. You give yourself the space to be heard, to see more. You relieve the veil so that the things that have been hiding out of judgment can finally come forth and you can witness it in a way that doesn't, doesn't bring that, that tension, that doesn't bring that restriction, but instead invites an openness and freedom to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And something that, um, my therapist was talking about, which I'm going to share because I feel like it can help a lot of people. What I was mentioning to her was that I felt like, and let me know, Ashley, if you've ever felt like this. Um, I felt like, or have been feeling like I will get a little too like self-critical on like my progress in terms of my spirituality and like, oh, I want to be better at being mindful or like, oh, I want to be better at like meditating, like all these things that like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the only one who's felt that way. Yeah. And one of the things that she mentioned was, you know, she was asking me like, what do you do in those moments? Like not, not just when you're like sitting in meditation, but like throughout the day, like what's something that you do? And I had told her um, actually recently since doing your seven day reclaim your balance, which is something that Ashley has um, offered or offered the last week, um, like a seven day course basically that um, I've been taking, which has been amazing. Um, But I mentioned, you know, like it's been teaching me to pay more attention to my breath and my energy and like cycling through the energy, like through the body, like you had mentioned. Um, And so, you know, my therapist was like, that's great. Um, And she's like, something else that you could do is when you take those deep mindful breaths, like placing a hand on your heart and, you know, telling yourself like you're doing a great job, like really adding that self-compassion piece because she's like, and and she was like, you know, I I would say that you can't even like have self-love without self-compassion, like self-compassion is self-love. And it's been eye-opening because I had never, honestly, it's funny, but I had never really thought of it like that until recently. Yeah, it's, it's incredible how far we go without that, you know, or like just glimpses of that. Like, the reason is, is like, I I thought about this a lot, too. Like, you know, (laughs) we we like preach self compassion, like Alyssa Bailey, the lead facilitator inside Activate Your Life's Purpose, like this is one of the core things she talks about is like, yeah, the self compassion. And um, I, I, you know, and I, and I understand why it's not this natural thing to come forth. Like, I understand why, people are more, more likely to be critical of themselves than to be compassionate with themselves because the people who are critical of themselves are the ones that grow. And we mm. grow through this, this realm of like witnessing what's not aligned or what we don't like. And it encourages us to grow. And so even with judgment, we can be compassionate. Mm-hmm. You can see this, like what this judgment is, or this judgment is, or this um, this self criticism. See it as this, like gift of, like, oh look, like I love myself enough to want to be better. Mm. You see, I'm noticing what's not aligned, or where I could be doing better, or what I, it, how I want to grow, and that is self compassion. Like we can even yeah. like change that up. That's a reframe. Release that tension. It is a reframe. Yeah. yeah, it's it's changing the narrative of our experience, and yes. instead of it being 
this like, oh, I'm being critical. I need to do something different. I should say something different. Instead, it's like, oh, look, this is what's gotten me so far. This is the drive that has led me on this self-development journey. This is what's gotten me out of my darkest points. This has led me through my own growth and like put me on this, this, this like self-exploration experience and like allowed me to heal and like, you know, take those leaps. Like this is a beautiful part of myself and I'm so thankful for it. And I can be compassionate with myself too. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That is a, that's like such a simple reframe, but it's huge in, in what it can do. I haven't even, I hadn't even thought of it like that. I'm taking notes. So the joke was guys, before we started recording (laughs) that I, I made a joke that, um, this is for you guys, but it's really for me just asking Ashley all these questions and taking notes. <laughs> so I literally have a pen and paper. <laughs> I literally have a pen and paper. So, so let's like talk about reframes. Um, is that, you know, I, um, I feel like that's a big component of mindfulness, right? Being like aware of the, you know, actually I, I do want to ask, for the person, this just is coming to me, for the person who's like listening to this and they may not know how to start with being mindful or how to be aware of their thoughts, if that makes sense, or how to be aware of like the the negative thoughts, like really getting to like the basic and maybe your psych- psychology background can help with this, but like how would you help someone in that position who's like, wow, this is great, but like throughout my day, it's hard to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. I do know. Yeah, I, um, it is hard to do. It's hard to do. So we actually, okay, so you know how I said that we help, we help leaders like discover their purpose and, and like mm-hmm. discover the evolution of the purpose and like lead them in taking action on that. Yeah. So the program, the main program, my signature program is called Activate Your Life's Purpose. Yes. And every time we start it, like people are like, okay, well, when are we going to talk about purpose? When are we going to talk about purpose? So like, am I going to figure out my purpose? And yeah. we actually don't talk about purpose until halfway through the program. Wow. Because the first half the program is all of this kind of work. It's yeah. all of like the reconstruction. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is like, we all want to step to, you know, step six. We all want to jump to yes. this like thing, but in all actuality, we need to take that step back and start at step one. And so step one in the first module, we do this work exactly. It is, um, I call it finding your baseline. Yeah. Like super like behavioral analysis, like a super like psychology (laughs) term here, but like, (laughs) uh, this is what I'm going to be sharing here is inside this week, what we encourage our students to do, well, actually what they have to do, (laughs) which I invite you to do is, um, they have to do it. Um, (laughs) I invite you to actually just witness yourself on each each aspect of yourself. So um, we split up into two to three days. One day is witnessing your thoughts and your emotion. The second day is your physical, like just like taking note on all of your physical. And then the third day is, um, I mean, we, it's a whole week, but you know, what I'm yeah. and then yeah. the third phase is evaluating your energetic body. Mm-hmm. And so the emotional and mental, we actually have them take note, like throughout the day of the repeated themes of the thoughts that they're thinking, like the repeated thoughts that come up and take mm-hmm. note, of, like actually get a journal out and write out right. the repeated thoughts and put a tally next to it or the common emotions that they're feeling. Like if they just like keep having this feeling of um, fear, 
they, you know, taking that note, I felt that at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11, and in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like keeping track of the emotions that are coming up and the patterns of that. And then from there, you can dive deeper and go, okay, what happened right before I felt that emotion? Mm -hmm. What was that trigger? You know, and so it starts with just giving yourself the space to witness it. And then from there, you're able to go deeper and go, okay, so now that I've witnessed it, what was right before that? Right. What came right after that? How did I respond to that? And you're able to get a really beautiful, like, like full data of what's happening on your emotional and mental level that is creating yeah. your reality. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this term once um, from another podcast or um, coach. I forget, but she had said, like, it's kind of like at first you're, you're like micromanaging your thoughts, which is kind of how it feels. And but there's kind of really no other way to go about it. You know, like you have, that's how you build the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. um, so in your own experience, has it been easier as you've gone along to just catch yourself in those moments and be like, oh, I know where that's from. And like, you know how to shift, like it does shifting become easier for you. Do you feel like it's like, you can do it yes. in, you know, whatever, a couple minutes. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, like I remember the beginning of, so I've been practicing mindfulness. Um, when was my first class? I think I was 19 or 18. So about nine, nine, 10 years. Um, no, no, no. Okay. Maybe like eight, nine, eight, nine years, <laughs> whatever for a while. And I remember in the beginning of like, you know, I remember in the beginning, it was so difficult to catch my thoughts. And I remember like I created this process, um, that I call now energy ascenders, but I created, mm -hmm. I realized this, um, when we're in the moment, it's so hard to change the thought. Mm. But when we can recognize it, you know, maybe a couple hours later or a day later that that happened, that that first step of awareness, that's the key. And then the more often you do it, the closer you can get to the time mm. that you actually said or thought that thing. In the moment. Exactly. Yeah. And wow. that in itself takes practice, but it's creating this like marker in your mind. And every time you allow yourself the opportunity to reflect on what you just said, it makes it easier. And it brings you the, that timeline. It like collapses that timeline more and more that you can be aware right before you even say it. So the mm. point where right before you even think it, you go, oh, and you can reframe it or like rephrase it and yeah. immediately shift it. Like it does get easier. It does become more fluid. At first, it doesn't feel that way, but it does. And it becomes just a natural process of like, oh, here's this thing. Oh, that's coming from this. And that reminds me of this trigger up there. And yeah. oh, I have compassionate for that because that's just my wounded child. And here's yeah, what yeah. I'm actually thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this becomes like a couple seconds as opposed to like many months, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because a lot of times like this, you know, our emotions um, and thoughts, like they go unnoticed like they kind of slip by because we have thousands and thousands a day which again can like go into I really love talking about this and just like riffing on this and like just anything with the the mind and how the brain works because um that's uh I just completely lost my train of thought I told you that this was gonna happen <laughs> why does thoughts. that happen there are thoughts. lots of thoughts there's lots of thoughts every day <laughs> I love how we're talking about thoughts and I'm like, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah. So we have, <laughs> we have so many thoughts a day and so many that bring about so many feelings and that, you know, at first for someone who's new to this, it can feel like, where do I even start? But I love that you mentioned, like, even if it's days later, you can remember it and, and um, reflect on it 
reflecting is like a huge part of this too. And then it will get easier and easier to do it in the moment, which is something that like, honestly, I have to say, I realized not even that long ago, I want to say like a year ago into, and I've been practicing mindfulness for about like seven years. Um, and it's been evolving obviously this whole time. And I've been getting more and more like woo woo as the time goes on, like, you know, you just go down the rabbit hole, but, um, uh, something that I was doing, and I had mentioned this on another episode too, um, was like, I would have my practice in the morning and like my, my meditation practice, all of that, where I felt like I was aware and like setting intentions and all that stuff. But then going about my day, I was just doing the same thing that I was normally doing, like thinking in the same way, thinking the same patterns, because, you know, it's like that autopilot, like just running on autopilot and something clicked one day, I forget what it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't change my response or like, if I don't change in the moment, then like nothing will really change, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it kind of like clicked and I was like, oh, I got it in the moment. I have to like catch myself or, or reflect back on it later. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I like that, that totally. And it brings us down this train of thought of like, okay, okay, then I need to do it. I need to like figure out how to do it then. But it's like, we can only get, that's like kind of step three. You know what I mean? Like first we have to first have the awareness of like, okay, I'm having this thought, just don't know when. Second is like noticing it. It might be like hours later, a day later, weeks later, but just noticing it and reflecting on it. Yeah, that's step two. And then step three is like, okay, now that I'm aware of it, now I can work on the process of taking those steps back to changing it so that it does create a new pattern. This autopilot, the, I want to talk about autopilot because like with mindfulness, it's like the opposite of mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. autopilot. <laughs> and we get so like, oh, that autopilot. And I had this talk with my partner the other day of like autopilot. And I, I was actually defending it, you know, I was like, and it's so funny. I'm like, here I am, this like mindfulness, like this. <laughs> and I'm like, autopilot's great. <laughs> because I'm like, you know, if we were mindful all the time, if we were like constantly everything we thought we recognized it and we like took the time to like rephrase and like we did it all the time it'd be exhausting yeah. <laughs> it'd be exhausting yeah. and I'm like man <laughs> autopilot's so great you know like it's like it makes so much sense that our brains do, do that and that like right. our basal ganglia lets us like tap out to just like perform tasks. <laughs> and um what I think is so wonderful about mindfulness is it's it's definitely a practice that primes the mind you know, like when we practice mindfulness, it's not that we have to be engaging with it all of the time. It primes our mind to be engaging with our mind whenever, like we create a new baseline. We reconstruct the way we think and how, how we process in our views on things that we don't have to be like putting a hundred percent of our effort into changing things. It becomes natural mm. so that our autopilot actually becomes those implementations that you put in while you're being mindful, you Mm, know? Yes, that's true. That is very, that's a very good point. So you don't have to be mindful. I'm I'm putting air quotes here, mindful all the time. Like (laughs) you will be very consistently, but if we try to be like, quote, mindful, like present all of the time, it's exhausting. We like, as humans, we shouldn't really be doing that. Like that kind of doesn't make sense, but it's when we practice mindfulness, we're priming ourselves to be able to be a participant without all of that energy necessary to make the changes, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's such a good point. It's kind of like if we were to, if autopilot wasn't a thing, 
um, like imagine, I guess I'm like comparing it to like, imagine if you had to, every time you got into the car, you had to like really focus on like, or anything, anything that you've learned, like, like, like that goes for anything like walking. I actually was listening to another podcast that had now, now it's like jogging my memory. It brought that same thing up. Like imagine having to put in that effort of like, like walking every time you go for a walk or driving, if you had to like really focus, I feel like it's the brain's way of like, I feel like self-preservation. Is that the right term? It's it's reserving energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Energy conservation. Yeah. Yes. There we go. That's it. It totally, gosh, it'd be exhausting. We had to like sleep every hour that we exist. (laughs) Every hour we exist, we'd have to sleep sleep an hour. (laughs) (laughs) It would be horribly exhausting. And, you know, I think that like, when we do this work, the, the ego and the autopilot, like it's so much bad rep, but like, I really think that it's like, that's what helps us function and like yeah. helps us sustain an entire day. Yes, <laughs> It's just like doing the mindfulness work and doing the healing work and the reprogramming so that when we're on autopilot, we're, it's like, we're setting the, the course that we want to go on when we're mindful. So that when we go on autopilot, we're going in the direction we want to go instead of going in the direction we don't want to go. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I can rephrase that. It's like mindfulness is setting the course for the direction our soul desires so that when we go on autopilot, we don't just like float off to the moon or like to hell. Instead, <laughs> we're like going <laughs> to where our soul desires. <laughs> yes. No, I like it's that. Like a ship in space, you know, and it's just like going off in some other direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bye <laughs> oh my gosh that's Shoot, funny. Now I gotta bring myself yeah. back <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no that's that's a great point that's super helpful um and then so you had just mentioned the ego and I know that like in part of reclaim your balance you had mentioned because I think the the at least when I first started learning about the ego it was a lot of like I don't know if I read specifically like the ego is bad but I'm sure it was like along those lines and recently I've been like learning more and more about like, no, we don't need to demonize the ego. So can you touch on that a little bit? For those oh, listening? all day. I'm like the greatest <laughs> ego defender. <laughs> You're it's like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It truly comes down to self-compassion. You know, when there's an aspect of ourself that we demonize or like hate or like, you know, try to disassociate from or like cut out, it, it automatically creates a battle within us. And like that battle within us isn't going to bring us the direction we want to go. It's going to create that contraction and prevent us from expansion. And so when we actually re, we rephrase or like rebuild our relationship with our ego to one that is nurturing, one that is self, that is compassionate, that is understanding, it gives us more grace with it and lets us actually hear it and move past it. It's actually that like, when we don't like the ego and we fight the ego and we get angry at the ego, that we give it its power. Mm-hmm. We hand our power over to the ego and then it actually makes it harder for us to move through it and move forward. It really becomes this, this demon we create it to be. We keep feeding it and it becomes right. more powerful and we can't move past it. So it's like right. a perpetual like catch 22, like hate it. And then right. it becomes harder, love it. And it just moves aside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like befriending it in a way and, yes. and understanding that part of you. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I encourage people to befriend their ego truly Yeah. because the ego, although it is the thing that prevents us from stuff and then it's like our inner critic and tells us all these negative things. 
it's not doing it to harm us. It's really right. speaking and defending to mm -hmm. protect us. Mm -hmm. And when we can shift that, that, um, yeah, if we reframe it to see it as a protector and not a, um, like a demon, we can start understanding it more and we can start hearing where these voices are coming from. Is it coming from, you know, is it our mother's voice that we're hearing? Is it our wounded child who, you know, got really hurt? Is it, you know, like we can kind of understand the reason behind it and it's easier for us to heal and move forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's, you know, like duality in everything and including ourselves, you know, there is that like higher self, which I want to like touch on. Um, and then there's our ego and yeah, you're right. It does come down to self-compassion and just kind of like understanding it. I think like, I, I sometimes picture like the ego is just like wanting to be heard, you know? Yes. That's yeah. it. It's all it wants is to be heard. And <laughs> like, we keep I'm here. fighting it. Right? Yeah. It's like we keep fighting it and it just like pouts like a child. Like, no, listen, but listen, no, listen. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, how annoying is that thing? But if we just <laughs> like, ew, stop right now. Yeah. If we just get the space and we listen, we go, hey, what's going on? What right. is it? What are you mm -hmm. trying to say? And you give it the space to be heard. It calms down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it stops fighting so much. Yeah. That is so, that's such a huge piece to all of this. Cause I, and I think what could be helpful too, or at least I'm just like thinking about this right now is like thinking about your ego is like your younger self. I'm sure I've heard this from somewhere. I didn't make this up, <laughs> but, um, and just kind of asking or like a child, any child, you know, like asking that child, like, okay, what is it you need? You know? And I feel like that could be done, not just I mean, yes, it can be done like in meditation, but not in just meditation, you know, like when you're going throughout your day and you hear that inner critic come up or the fear or the judgment or whatever, um, the self-criticism that I was talking about earlier, like just pausing and like asking yourself like, okay, or recognizing first, like, okay, this is a part of me. This is my ego, you know, and like not to demonize that part of us and just kind of like, listen, you know, is that kind of how you work through your ego yeah. and like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I like that you phrased it as a child and like a lot of the inner child healing we do is, is really just this. And I yeah. think the reason that we do that is it's so much easier for us to be compassionate to a child mm -hmm. than it is to our adult, an adult version, you know, like we have these like higher expectations for adults, but when they're yeah. children, we can be like, Oh, you just don't know. But right. in all truth, like we are just <laughs> children and we yeah. just are like, Oh, for sure. <laughs> just roaming earth as adults like yeah exactly you're like we're just yes. children so I like that view because it does give us that it gives us that 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 openness that gentleness to listen to ourselves and and give us the, the compassion that we deserve yeah yes awesome so I want to ask about um the concept of our higher selves and then I also want to ask about channeling but we'll get to that um but so your higher self this was another thing that was part of um, Reclaim Your Balance, which I found really helpful and kind of like, you know, I've definitely done some journal prompts, like journal exercises on like who my higher self is. And that's, I've been seeing a lot of like things on Instagram, which have been great, like visualize your highest self. And, and that has all been super helpful, but I've never really like sat there and tried to like not only visualize her, but then think of how I can start to embody her going forward. Mm -hmm. Like what would my higher self do in this moment? Or how can I start to, for me, 
one of the biggest things, and I'll just tell you, um, that I journaled on was confidence. Like my higher self is confident. That's something that I am working on and working through. So it's like, okay, how can I start to incorporate that into everyday life? Like, how can I start to embody her? So that was super helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the higher self, um, this can be a tricky one because, and I want to like give a little bit of backing to it because it Mm -hmm. can be, so the higher self, there's a couple different definitions. Like when I think of the highest self, I think of like our like wise soul, you know, and then our higher self is like the next version that we're, we're entering into, or like this like vision of what we're stepping into. And it's really, although it's called higher, it's really, um, Alyssa, we, we had to talk about this. It's really a wider, a wider <laughs> self because you're not rising above who you are currently. You're expanding who you are, you know? So you're becoming more, you're becoming more aware. You're becoming more compassionate and you're releasing the things and the weights that have been holding you back from expanding into this next level, this expanded self, this wider self, this higher self. And so um, I wanted to just like preface that of like, sometimes when we hear higher self, we think that it's like, we need to ascend out of where we are to be there. And it's like this unattainable thing. And in all actuality, it's just like, it's deepening who we are. It's expanding Mm. who we are. And, and that's where the beauty, that's the power of embodying our higher self. And so, yeah, that practice and reclaim your balance was all about, um, you know, not just meeting that higher self, but embodying that because that higher self is you, that is you, it's a version of you that already exists. And it's, it's not about separating and seeing it as this thing on a pedestal, Mm. this this higher version, but instead knowing that it's right there within you. It's already existing within you. And all you have to do is activate it and actively participate in embodying it. Yeah. Wow. I just got chills. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's true. I think I, in the past, I have put her up on a pedestal. Like, oh, one day I'll get there. You know, like one day, hopefully I can be her. And it's kind of just like this, this, you know, I've done that with other things too. Like, oh, one day I'll get through this belief. Right. And then that can go back to the whole, like, that's something that I was mentioning to my therapist, you know, like same kind of thing. Um, you know, like, even though I know on some level that like, there's no, there's no perfection. It's like a constant work and work on myself, work in progress kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I love that you put, that you put it as expanding and not like this higher, better version. That's like, feels like it's unattainable to get to. Yeah. Cause it's already, Very already cool. exists within you. You know, it yeah. really, it is you. Otherwise it, you wouldn't see it. And right. so in, in the practice, as you, you know, meet this higher self and, and get to experience them, the idea is this isn't separate from you and it already exists within you. And so what is it that they feel? What are the thoughts that they have? What, what's the emotions that they experience often? What are they wearing? How do yeah. they hold their body, their posture? What do yeah. they say? How do they speak? You know, and, and these little details humanize them, make them Mm. seem like, oh, this, they're a human, just like me. And I can do that. In fact, I have done that. And what it's doing is reminding you that those aspects of yourself already exist within you. And all you have to do is engage with them to become that expanded higher self. 
Yeah. So if you, you know, have this thought of how grateful you are about your life, maybe you add that gratitude practice of how of all the different things about your life that you love every single morning. Or if you notice that your higher self, you know, wears their hair down all the time, then stop putting your hair up. <laughs> Wear your hair down. Like do your yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's doing those little things that do it, not just make it attainable, but make it embodied and mm-hmm. already make it ex- exist in this moment right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That visualization piece too reminds me a lot of like teachings on manifestation and how like visualizing, you know, which is a whole other thing that we could get into, which let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, truly it's, 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 yeah. it's essentially the same work, you know, it's, right. it's making, it's actively participating in the things that are going to draw in what you want, which is, I mean, in this case, your higher self embodied right. by yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. So is there, um, from like a psychological standpoint, is there, I mean, cause I've been like, um, just diving uh, like really deep into, um, you know, people who kind of like blend the science piece with this, you know, everything that we're talking about, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Bruce Lipton, who all kind of talk about the science behind it, but also they do talk about like things like manifestation and, um, you know, past lives and all of those like things that we, you know, all of those types of things. Um, the woo world. world, Yeah. (laughs) But I love it because to me, it, it provides like tangible, you know, um, I guess evidence is the, is the, you know, for lack of a better word of like how this stuff actually works. So from like your background in psychology, um, what's the question I'm trying to ask? Can you like, from, hmm, just like, can you touch on visualization and how that adds into manifestation yeah. and all that? Oh, there's so <laughs> much. There's so much science and neuroscience and psychology backing manifestation. Like, so much. I could be here all day talking about all the different <laughs> aspects of it and like how it's really working in the brain. Yeah. With visualization, what's unique about visualization is um, it's very, very neuroscience embedded. In yeah. fact, it's like, it's incredible. So the part of our brain that where we store memory is the same part of our brain that we use when we visualize. Mm. So what I'm saying is <laughs> when you visualize something, you're actually storing it in that part of your mind that you recall memories from, which means wow. you're creating and writing memories as you visualize. Wow. And yeah. if you know how the ego works, the ego pulls from the subconscious mind, pulls from what we've seen before or what we've experienced before. So what we've experienced in our life and then what we've seen. And so if we pull from our memories of what we've seen, or what we've done, that means we're pulling from that, those visualizations, which makes it easier for the mind to wrap around and believe it's possible. Mm. And so the ego is going to be the number one fighter, you know, blocking you from right. this thing. It's like, oh, that's not realistic. I've never seen that before. Right. That's not realistic. I haven't done that before. How is that possible? Right. Those are the voices of the ego. Well, the more you visualize it, the more you're storing and strengthening and creating more neural pathways around that image, mm. around that visualization. And it makes it, it's like a way of attacking the brain because then the ego is like, <laughs> oh, I've seen that before. Oh, that's in my memories. Oh, that exists. That's easy. Right. 
oh, I could pull from that. That's, that's possible. I've seen it before. Yeah. But I have, that's existing. It's really wild. Wow. I love that breakdown of it. I, I really love that because I've heard, you know, many times about like how, you know, how important that visualization piece is and how like the, the subconscious doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined and all of those things. But the way you just described it is really helpful for, for me to like wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna I, I'm the awesome. same way. I need, I mean, that's why I dove into psychology because, you know, although I was experiencing the supernatural world, you know, a medium and like seeing spirits and channeling my whole life, yeah. I needed to understand like what was really going on and like how I was experiencing the world. And I, I kind of like, I'm the same way. I need that, that backing. I need to understand the process for it to click. Yeah. That's why I always loved math, you know, cause it's easy equations. Like you can see how it works and why it works. And so it clicks, right. you know, it like clicks in my brain and I'm like, got it. I can move right. forward now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So speaking of all of that, I did want to ask like how, like what prompted this like spiritual like journey and awakening for you? <laughs> I know that's like a loaded question. <laughs> We've probably question. talked about this before, but like, and you can give like the, you know, however much you want to give about that. But yeah, yeah I think it'll be interesting for listeners to know. <laughs> Ooh, it was scary. Um, I won't go into the depths <laughs> of my scary experiences, but I, I'd say, um, well, I think a combination of, I had a very, um, I had a really, you know, I had some trauma in my childhood that created some mental, um, mental health issues. I had um, OCD and I actually helped, I healed myself mostly of OCD to the point where you wouldn't wow. even know had OCD. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, no. Um, I know, right? And it was, <laughs> it was really bad. Um, wow. Yeah, really crippling. And yeah, I mean, I had, I was diagnosed with all sorts of things. And so I think what, what really got me on the path of my spiritual stuff was having these supernatural experiences at a young age, being able to sense and see um, ghosts and spirits and being able to channel. And like, I mean, I would know I'm channeling. I'm like, this isn't me speaking. And I would even think that and say that when I was younger, I'm like, mm. I don't know how I would know that something's coming through and I would just channel and I could see the people I'm talking to like shift and they'd be like, wow. And I would just like say this stuff and they, you know, people would cry. They're like, I don't know how you knew that is exactly what I needed to hear. And, um, and I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> and I would, I think that was the part that really made me like realize I was channeling was I wouldn't remember. I was an unconscious channel when I was younger. Yeah. And so wow. I wouldn't know what I would say. And so I'd come back to, and I'd be like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. Um, and so I just knew something was going on and um, yeah, so that was what got me intrigued. And it got to the point in my adolescence that I couldn't ignore it. Like I couldn't mm. keep like, I kept trying to like hide it and push it, you know, suppress it. And about 18, 19, I, 18 was probably, no, 17, 18. I like yeah. kind of had that breaking point where um, I just kept ignoring it. And my guides were like, no, not anymore. And they started messing with my reality, like the physical reality, mm. like lights would turn on, you know, the song would repeat over and over, you know, um, objects would move. I mean, it would just got really weird where I just couldn't, you know, I would have my, my, like I said, my logical mind, everything I would have a reason for everything I'd come mm -hmm. with an excuse like oh well this is probably just the circuit outlooping and this you know right. I have like a reason for everything and every time I'd come with a reason something more weird or more like freakish or like undescribable or un um un I don't know you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I couldn't <laughs> give me a reason for what right. happened 
like yeah, it just gets no weirder reason. and weirder yeah so until, until I finally was like okay I see it something weird's happening got it can't describe yeah. I can't explain this with science like yeah yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> and um what got me into like this the, the realm of psychology and helping people in this this alternative way was through my trauma and my experience with the supernatural but also just like having a really bad experience with the um with mental health like I would see professionals and I wasn't treated accordingly I was Mm -hmm. you know diagnosed and given these identities put on a bunch of drugs and no one gave me any reason or solution and they Mm -hmm. didn't look at trauma they just thought they were like, oh, well, your brain chemistry is just off. And so we're just going to give you these drugs. And yeah. in all actuality, it wasn't until I saw a trauma therapist when I was mm. 20 that she's like, oh, no, here's what's actually going on. And I was like, what? Like, why wasn't that their first thought? Right. <laughs> why didn't they think to like heal instead of like put a bandaid on it? Right. And that's what made me really passionate about mental health and alternative therapies. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was fiery. I was this punk kid who's like, we need to burn down this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to burn this down. Like, screw this pharmaceuticals. Like, we gotta yeah, like, yeah. burn down this. <laughs> and so that's what like actually drove me to go to college and do this work because I just am so passionate wow. and feel so strongly for like healing, like true healing. True healing. And not just putting a bandaid on it. And now, you know, in college, I actually like, it was great. College actually taught me how to like come into the center because I like hated medication so much mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, learning about the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical drugs helped me like understand there's a place for it, you know, for and sure. I started getting yeah. like a wider view um, sure. and more understanding of like whens and whys and hows and all of that. But um, yeah, I, yeah, fiery. Wow. I, I, we're, we're burning this down. We're, re, we're restructuring <laughs> this, this new paradigm of how to heal and um, how to to really work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the people. Yeah, I think that's the future of healing. And um, it's yeah, there's so much I could say about about um, healthcare and uh, put the putting the bandaid over it. I see that a lot because I do work in healthcare and it's it. Uh, although I do feel like it's getting better it's still like it's still like the old paradigm a little bit of like oh these are we're looking at the symptoms and not you know like um and it's throughout this whole throughout my whole like learning and discovering all of these different concepts and like healing modalities it makes me really like look at a person like like especially close family people that are close to me that I know are like you know have certain health uh, conditions and I'm like okay I see like some of the stress that they're going through or some of like the you know whatever and it's kind of like makes me like pick apart um what could be going on underneath the surface because it's not just like that there, I could talk about this all day too it's very it's right. fascinating like um how much that can you know how much um our mental health really does play a part in in our physical health yeah like it's not just diabetes it's this is the result that the physical manifestation of this 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 and this yeah I um I've I've I agree the system this there's things that need to be shifted and Mm -hmm. I feel like as I've gotten older I've like I've widened my view of like I understand why things are the way they are because it's in some ways unethical you know to not give this prescription or not give somebody you know these things it's like you know, we can give them that option of like, here's your actual way of healing. Like here's diet and exercise, but like, I can't right. not give you this diabetes medicine because that's, you know what I mean? So like, I right, understand totally. why things are 
the way they are. I just like would like to see more um, like normalizes like normalizing this yeah. other this deeper healing, like normalizing the holistic view on things, normalizing like doing this work and like shifting this paradigm out of the, the like toxic masculine of like how many hours of work can you put in a day? That's how you can you know really uh, what's it like. See or scale, or I can't think of the word. Um, determine. There we go. Determine yes, yes. your value. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> determine your value through how much work you, you know, how much right. work you do. And I think that just like I understand why the system is because it's built on the paradigm that we've been existing in. Yeah. And now that I mean, 2020 has really shaken up oh, a lot. For, yeah. And I think it's opening up a lot of opportunity for an expansion of what we already have so we can build a new paradigm because as it is yeah. like I get it I get why the system is the way it is because right I mean it's it's what's <laughs> existed for years and yeah. years and it's how yeah um have you heard of uh the book the body keeps the score I have it yeah oh you do <laughs> I haven't read it yet I okay. want to read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have it too. I'm like about halfway through because I do this thing where I like I read a book, but then I get excited from another book and I just like so. Um, but it's uh, you know, he talks about trauma. Like that's the the whole basis of this book and how our bodies will basically keep the score. And so yeah, very interesting stuff. And um, and I agree with you. I think I, there is a, a place for medication. Um, but I do, this is what I've also told people too, like, you know, a hundred percent, I am not anti-medicine, but I think it would be amazing if we could also introduce like mindfulness, you know, mm -hmm. asking people like on a questionnaire, you know, when they go and fill out like the history and physical, you know, asking them like, how stressed are you? Like, do you feel fulfilled? Like, you know, like all of those types of questions that have a huge mm -hmm. impact on how we're doing. So yeah. I could go on and on about this. So and it could, it would normalize it too. You know, like having those questions, even right. if they're not doing it, it would normalize like, Oh, I should be paying attention to how much stress I should totally. be like, Oh, my feeling unfulfilled is like a real thing. Like that's important to look at. You know what I mean? Like right. they start shifting the minds of people to start seeing their, like their whole wellness. Yes. Yeah. And I do think this year, like you said, is definitely a, like a turning point. And I do think the the paradigm is shifting because that is the old way, you know, just looking at the symptoms, not, not paying attention to our mental well-being. but you're right. It would normalize it and normalize like paying attention to mental health, you know? So very cool. So it's awesome that that, you know, e even though the experiences I know, like you said, were, were tough, but it got you to here to being able to help other people. And so like what a powerful thing to be doing in this world. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, I'm truly grateful for my experiences. Like, I know it might sound crazy, but I like all, everything. I wouldn't change a thing because I yeah. wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have the, the, like the wide scope to help with a range of people. I wouldn't have, I don't know. There's so much about it that I'm, I'm really grateful right. for all of it. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So seeing like, like seeing like, in the supernatural like entities is that what like one of the clairs is that claire um what is that claire claire i don't know i only know like claire cognizant claire buoyant um yeah it's so yeah I forget the, which the, one there's there's seven clairs yeah and they're essentially mirroring the 
Claire's, we have uh, like our seven senses, or actually, I think mm. there's might be eight, but it oh. may mirror, yeah, because there's the seven senses that are also channel senses. So, eyes, what we see, so like the clear of like physically mm. seeing something, ears, that's clear audience, right? right? Um, there's actually taste and smell. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I channel, um, when I first started, like mediumship mostly happens in my nose. I know when somebody's present, like who it is by first smelling them. Oh it's so God. interesting. Usually family members, like my grandpa smells like, um, right? You too? <laughs> yes, I had that experience. I'll, I'll tell you it, but keep going and then I'll, then I'll mention that. Yeah, so, um, you know, eyes, ears, nose and taste. I haven't ever really experienced taste. I know it's a thing, I'll say it, yeah. I haven't done it. But there's also <laughs> the like downloaded knowing, like sense of yeah. knowing. Yes. Um, and I think that, I don't know if I did the math right. Oh, in touch, the sensation, yes. you feel it in your body. Yeah. So I think that the, I don't know, guys, I might be wrong, but there's seven or eight, but I'm pretty sure that's all of the senses and then also like the downloaded. All of the clears. Oh, okay. That's a good way um, to describe it. I hadn't even thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, So this was a few years ago. This was like, um, I don't know, like two or three years after my grandpa had passed away uh, and he passed away in 2016. Um, So maybe it was like 2000. No, I'm sorry. Wow. He passed away in 2009 on the 16th. That's okay. So maybe this was 2011. I don't know. It was Easter. My grandma, which was his, you know, wife was over for Easter and my parent, my mom and my grandma were in the living room and I was in the kitchen just doing the dishes. And all of a sudden I just had this like intense, like whiff of, I can't remember if it was the smell of like his cologne or the smell of the house that we would always go to visit in Florida. They lived in Florida. I think it was, it was specific to him. Cause I remember thinking like, Oh my God. And I like paused doing the dishes. And I, and I remember telling myself like, maybe he's here with us. Like maybe he's with us on Easter. And I remember thinking, you know, all of the normal, uh, not normal, but like all of the, I guess normal. Yeah. Thoughts that come up where I was like, no, that can't be, that's like crazy. Like he can't, he can't like, you know, the, that part of the brain kicks in and it's like, Kelsey, stop it. <laughs> but I mean, it was a big enough experience where I remember it, you know, I remembered it. I told, I think I told my sister about it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's the way to see it is like our seven senses are, we have this, like, you guys can't see my hands. I do everything with my hands, <laughs> by the way. Like, I feel like this podcast won't make as much sense because you can't see my hands. <laughs> But anyway, it's just like a sliver of reality that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Right. We know that because we can look at dogs and see that they can hear so yes. much better or cats. They can see so much better. Like we have this small range of what we are experiencing through our seven senses mm-hmm. that the clear is the extension of that. It's the, you know, beyond the 3D experience of that sense. And all of them are available to all of us. We can develop all of them. Right. And you know, some, some of them are going to be more natural to some of us. Some Mm -hmm. people might, you know, are more inclined towards the clear audience. Some might be more clairvoyant, um, but all of them can be developed and experienced. But yeah, Yeah. the, um, I, I believe you, it's crazy (laughs) to the smell. It like kind of makes you stop. Like it, it, every time I stop in my tracks and I'm like, yeah, it's like a whiff, like you're just like hit in the face with this. Yes. Yes. And it was so, it was so strong that I was like, it's, it was one of those things where I was like, I can't, it's not a mistake that I smelled that. Like, and my, immediately I was like my grandpa. So it was wild. And that Um, thought comes, right? It's, I think it's because 
smell is the closest thing tied to memory. So it makes sense mm. that we would yes. smell might be the thing that would tie us to a loved one, you know, yeah. somebody that we know. Yeah, totally. I was going to ask too, you mentioned like all of the clairs we can all develop because I was going to ask, do you think like, for instance, the like that we could all see like entities, but is it that like for me, um, I haven't, I haven't had any of those experiences. I would consider myself more, whichever Claire is the one where it's just like a knowing. Yeah. I feel like that's my strongest point where I just have like this sense of like, oh, I know it, it blah, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. um, but to develop that skill or is there like, is there a reason why it's more natural to others? Like, do you think you were more open, uh, like subconsciously more open to seeing it? Or like, do we block ourselves from something like that if it's like scary, if that yeah. makes sense? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to like why some people are more inclined than others. I just think mm -hmm. that like, just through like development, you know, just like what's, yeah. Um, more natural or what and I don't know I don't really know but I do yeah. know that yes we can block it from fear mm. and oftentimes we do experiencing things we do experience things when we're younger and it scares us so much that we block it mm. um, it's a, it's a strong unconscious boundary you know yeah. sometimes it's conscious like I mine was first at fear and then I set really clear boundaries that's something that I that I teach my students that learn channeling is like set your clear boundaries of what you're comfortable with you don't have to receive channeling in every way and you don't have to, you know, receive it in every place. And so one of my boundaries is I do not want to hear them. I don't want them talking in my ear. I hated that when I was younger. It like freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> and I do not want to see somebody standing in front of me. That freaks me out. So yeah, like, yeah. I set those clear boundaries of like, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can, like, you, know, you can yeah. talk to me while I'm meditating or, right. you know, I can see you in my mind's eye, or if I'm in a specific mm. place where I'm open to it, and I'll say, like, I'm open to seeing you, I'm or open dreams. to that, yeah. or dreams, exactly, yeah. I set clear boundaries of where I, I am okay with where and how, they're really important, because that's, that's you claiming your power and your gifts, and not letting the, the entities, or the spirits, or the guides, like, run the show, like, you yeah. are in power of this being, this physical body that you have, and your experience, and yeah, I have, I set boundaries for, um, I could talk all day on this too, but I, I won't go any further, but yes, the answer is yeah. yes, you, we can unconsciously block things out of fear. And I, there's a, that's what I call spiritual trauma. And yeah. I work with people in that too, like when they mention channeling is like, you kind of have to do that yeah. because those that are even interested in channeling, they are sensitive. They've had their experiences. They know they're a channel and yet there's these spiritual trauma that's like, you know, so lodged in the subconscious mind that keeps them from like really embodying and experiencing the, the fullness of that gift. Yeah. Yeah. So channeling, let's talk about that, even though we've been talking about it, but like for someone who doesn't know what that means, how do you describe channeling? Channeling is the ability to receive energy that is beyond your own of, of a higher dimension and vibration. Hmm. So similar to mediumship, mediumship is, um, I kind of see it as like a liaison, like being a channel and being a medium, like you're a liaison to a different dimension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mediumship like tends to be lower dimensional. 
um, it's not a bad thing. It's just like humans are lower dimensional than like ascended masters. You know what I mean? Right. Or like yeah. multi, like you know, twelve dimensional beings. Like yeah. they're just lower dimensional. And so mediumship, it's it's um, it's like tuning a TV. You know, you're you're an AM or FM. Like okay, you're yeah. going to this frequency, or you're going to be channeling in this frequency. Um, and so it's it's being this this uh, vessel or this liaison of channeling in this frequency, this energy, these messages, these healings through you and out of you. So like you're receiving it and, and moving it through you. Uh, is that a good description? Yeah, no, that, no, that is. <laughs> yes, that really is. Yeah. Um, do you, do you channel for like strangers? Like oh, yeah, on the street? For sure. You just like yeah. walk down the street and you're like, I could. I, I hold boundaries um, because I, <laughs> right. I feel like it's invading personal Maybe. space to do yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, when I was younger, I, I would. Um, when I was a kid, I was so such a weird kid, but I would <laughs> not know that. And so I would go up to people and like hang out with people. Um, yeah, I used to like hang out with old people. And I, I think I would just be channeling their loved one. I just didn't know, oh, you know, and God. so I would be... Um, yeah, it was really interesting. I was a weird kid, but yeah, I, I used to, I just, I, I feel like it's invading people's like privacy. I mean, how, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't want somebody to like channel for me that I'd like, it's just walking by, like there's, it's intimate. And so yeah, um, that's true. That's yes, a good I could, point. <laughs> but I, I put up that boundary of like, and that's another boundary I said, like, I will not channel. I'm not channeling for anyone unless like I get permission. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So otherwise you're just like overloaded all the time with things coming through. You're just this like open vessel. Yeah. That's yeah. That would be a lot. You probably feel drained after that. <laughs> yeah. I have this theory. I'm like empaths too. It's like, are they introverted and don't want to be people because they're used to this like overwhelm of like downloads. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I know this is something that I'm a few days behind actually on reclaim your balance. So I know that that's something that, that you talk about. Um, and I'm excited for that, but for the person who's listening, um, who wants to, who wants to start to channel like in their meditation, or is there a certain way that you do that? Is there, um, yeah. Like how, how do you lead someone through that? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, Day four of Reclaim Your Balance, I share my channeling initiation ritual. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I do have a process and it's very like, it's a very intellectual pro- process of a <laughs> intuitive experience. And so it can, you know, it sounds very like, I'm like I said, everything's very like, I'm a Virgo too. <laughs> so you can just like imagine how everything's just like, <laughs> the weirdest spiritual person. Like, here's this formula. <laughs> but um, I love it though. I think mm-hmm. that's what I needed. So that's why I shared I agree. that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's actually really important for us to tap into our lower chakras first and ground because if we're going to channel and we are focusing on our upper chakras, which by the way, are probably already overdeveloped or like healthily developed. When we go to channel, we can astral project, we can leave, or when we receive things, when we come back to, we'll forget it. And so it's really important to start by grounding yourself, grounding your energy into the earth, grounding yourself into this present moment, growing those roots so that you are anchoring your energy and you're able to not just channel, but integrate what's coming through so you can understand it, process it and like reiterate it or what's it regurgitate it out of you. Um, my words today. Sorry, guys. <laughs> There's a few times where I'm like, words. <laughs> 
that's a really important step that is often missed. You know, we think like, all right, channel, just like open yourself up. And right. the first step is actually grounding your energy. And mm-hmm. then um, the next step is opening yourself, but, but inviting in who you want to work with. Being specific. Like, I think people think that if we we call in a certain being that we're limiting ourselves and like, we're not going to receive as much, but in all actuality, we're going to be receiving more because we're, we're kind of niching here. (laughs) We're saying we want to call in and um, we're also defining the frequency we want to call in. So if we just opened up, remember, as I mentioned before, like we're just open channels, we're going to receive everything. And when we receive everything, we're receiving the whole range of dimensions vibrations so we could pick up on things that are lower vibrational that are lower dimensional and it isn't that those are bad or like evil or scary but instead they're just less true you know Mm. they're they're a lower truth when it's a higher frequency it's the highest truth so it filters through the lower vibrational experiences to get to the core the essence of that thing which is the highest truth and so i always invite people to to set the intention to um to channel in only the highest truth the highest vibration and to call in specifically who they want to work with so you know if it's the palladians call in the palladians of the highest you know highest light and order Um, yeah if you want to call in your ancestors i do say to call in your ascended ancestors so -hmm. that you're working Mm -hmm. with those that have moved through their stuff right that are here to help you right but yeah i mean it's that's the next step and then um one really big part I'll share. I mean, I could go on this all day. <laughs> I could talk about channeling all day. But another really important step, and I'll leave you guys with this one, is the, the ego is going to come up. Something's going to come through, and we're going to go, is that real? Can I just make that up? Right. Is that actually happening? Sidestepping the ego is a really important process. Uh, I call it that because I don't want anyone to fight it. I, I really believe that when we just sidestep it and we just like visualize ourselves just moving ourselves and our ego aside and seeing this white light funnel through us, it helps with our mind. Like it it is that visualization to let us be aside and be a witness, to be Mm. curious and playful. The the only ways we can really move through the ego, through through a a situation that the ego is going to fight is to one, play, or two, be curious. Those are the only Mm. things that fight the ego. And so when we sidestep the ego, we do it with this intention to bring in curiosity. Just we're just playing here. Right. We're just gonna see what happens. <laughs> and that releases that expectation, which is releasing the grip of the ego. Mm. Yeah. That's something that I definitely need to work on. Like I feel like I get very attached to like the outcome of things. Yeah. And it's like normal. I'm like gripping really strongly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very normal. The ego yeah. is um and it's a practice, you know, like this, this, this channeling initiation ritual is, yeah, you can, you might find something the first time, but it's really like you're, you're priming your channel to, to function this way. You're priming your ego to learn to step aside and to, you know, be a witness and, and be curious instead of like judging and having expectations. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's with practice becomes more fluid, but it sets you up fully with the whole experience so that you're able to receive the highest, remember it, integrate it, and um, and believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm excited to, to try that. <laughs> like I, I haven't really, or maybe I have been channeling, but like unsure that I was doing it, you know, I'm sure um, you've been channeling. Yeah. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny too. When speaking of like, uh, picking up on like a lot of different energy, I feel like 
that is something, you know, that I've been trying to become more aware of just being very like, I've always been like a sensitive person and a sensitive, definitely a sensitive kid. Um, and felt like that was, you know, uncool or like weird or whatever. Um, but just like, I remember my mom being like, oh, you're so sensitive, but she wasn't like saying it in a bad way. She just like, like you're very sensitive and caring. And like, as I've gotten older and then like the term empath came into like my world and I was like, okay, it makes sense. Um, but there are times where I feel like the whole uh, notion of like setting boundaries, like is a big takeaway for me. Cause I, that's not something that I've done. And I feel like going about my day, especially like where I go to work and I'm around people like all the time and people who are also like not in the best headspace. You know, I work with people that have like had an injury or an accident or um, disease or, you know, and I feel like I'm like, just like picking up on all of it and I get like tired. <laughs> so is that, that's something that happens. That's normal. Oh yeah. Yeah. As an yeah. empath, I mean, the way I like to describe an empath is what makes them unique is their auric field is like an amoeba. <laughs> they don't have that outer shell, you know, they yeah. just like take down everything and like change forms. Um, that's yeah. the funnest way of, of describing an empath. I like that. So <laughs> that's great. You have to intentionally put that, that boundary up and, and, um, you know, even with that boundary, people are like, I put my boundary up, but it's, it's a practice. Again, like mm -hmm. you're, you're reconditioning your energy to put something out, to not absorb, to not take it on. And so it's a practice in itself that deepens and becomes more effective with the practice of doing it. And it becomes natural. Eventually it'll become so natural that you won't have to think about it. You'll just naturally do it. And then occasionally be like, oh my God, I absorbed something. I forgot that's what I do. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, cool. That's okay. That's good to know. Um, I have, I just have one more question, like selfishly, personally, but maybe this will help someone listening. Um, it was a couple of years ago. I was on a retreat, like my first ever retreat. Um, it was a Kundalini yoga retreat actually. And during one of the um, like after one of the uh, yoga sessions and meditations, um, the woman who was run one of the women who was running it had like this thing that like could determine like frequency and like hurts. I don't really know exactly what it was, but I do remember her saying like, oh, you're very like light up top and very heavy on the bottom. Like, I guess she was referring to chakras. So does that mean that I am more, does, or did that mean that I was like more grounded and more like, like, I don't really, I didn't really know what that meant to this day. So um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what she meant. Uh, so I can't, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know what yeah. she's, but if it, but from what I'm hearing or what I'm maybe what she was trying to say, when my interpretation of this might mean that you've maybe done a lot of healing work and development worth and expansion, in your upper chakras, mm -hmm. but your lower chakras have, haven't had as much work done, mm. which by the way, is like very, very normal for sensitive people. Yeah. Because I, again, this is one, another one of my like psychology theories around spirituality <laughs> and spiritually gifted, but I, we tend to be sensitive people tend to have more upper chakra development because it's safe. We find comfort here and we spend more time here. So it develops and we tend to avoid the lower chakras, uh, often because of childhood trauma, um, you know, experiences that we want to avoid 
I mean, our, our chakras develop with age. And so our lower three mm. chakras are the youngest of dark developmental oh. years. And wow. we take everything at face value when we're really young. And so we ter- interpret everything at face value, meaning if something happened, like you get punished for being late, you say, if I'm not punctual, I'm a bad person. Right. And so everyone has these lower, ever, lower chakra wounds because they don't have the cognizant mind to process and take things in a deeper aspect of like, oh, that person, you know, had this going on. They were triggered from this. They were upset about that. And I'm late. And I can see how that was another layer that just like ticked them off. You know what I mean? But when we're kids, we're like, oh, I'm late equals I'm bad. Right. And you know what I mean? And so of course there's going to be more heaviness and more work that needs to be done in the lower chakras. But as a sensitive person, we're going to spend less time there and more time with what's fun, what's exciting, what's already easy to do, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so that's how I might interpret it because that's, yeah, but um, not hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but that does make a lot of sense. That does resonate for me. Um, and I didn't actually know that they develop with age. That's a new thing that I just learned. So thank you. Then that makes sense. Yeah. Because like, I, yeah, like you said, as a kid, we take everything like at face value it's like more cut and dry, like this equals this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that makes sense. A lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stuff going on. There oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot. Recently I got this, you guys can't see it, but I got like this little chart oh, that cool. just like goes into, because I've been wanting to learn, you know, it's just like a uh, um, front and back type thing that goes into the, the chakras. Um, so I'm excited to learn more about about those this is what happens too like you just learn to me this is what my experience was like just one thing led to another that leads to another I'm like oh this is let me look into this let me read into this and it's very cool yeah I know <laughs> so it much is. to learn it's so cool you know my college my second semester of my college class at a community college I learned about chakras is that crazy really? I know really I, I ended up in this I don't even know how it happened it was like a life <laughs> it was like a life class you had to like take one of those classes and I'm like yeah. I'll just take this one and this woman like I couldn't believe it I was, I was blown away and it was the first time I heard anyone talk about the things that I was experiencing and so like I wow. thought she like you know I, di- I didn't know anything so I remember going up to her and being like hey so I'm like seeing these spirits and stuff like can you help me she's like I don't know about that but <laughs> oh like, my god. you're talking about <laughs> <She's> like- <laughs> oh my god that's funny though that they mentioned that in that class I know wow. it blows my mind. It was like community college in like, like Metro Detroit, you know, like not right, like a, right. just a normal. Yeah. I did my first yeah. year. So I was like, I'm, you know, doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, I was like blown away. We learned about the chakras. I learned like, that was like my first introduction to mindfulness and we had to like, yeah, engage with these. It was really interesting. Oh, that's cool. That sounds like it was like sparked like more of you know, it totally did. It validated my experience. And it was like, it opened me up to like, oh, these things that I'm experiencing, they're real. Because I never learned about energy or spirits or anything. I I was raised Catholic. And so Mm -hmm. I had no background in any of this. And so I was just experiencing stuff and like, had no like education on it. So like to hear about this, it's like, but I felt that I've seen that color or like, you know, um, it was really cool. That is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's, it should be like in every, <laughs> every textbook, like, <laughs> every class. Right? Yeah. One of the like, what is it? What are those called? Elective? Uh, 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 no, the classes that you used to take like to get, is that an elective? No. Oh. Is it where you had to Gener- like take a certain, 
Yeah, general. Gen Ed. Gen Ed. Yeah, it should be a part of Gen Ed for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. How cool would that be if it was in part of like every every college? New paradigm. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. We're going there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ashley, for all of this. Um, again, like it has helped me so much, and. I know you had mentioned activate your life's purpose a little bit, but like, can you just like touch more on that? I know you said you're currently enrolling. So yeah, kind of share with the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we (laughs) are currently enrolling. Um, I know that this will probably be live before we begin. We're on our last week of enrollment. So like last call for, for the empaths that are looking to discover their gifts, discover like their spiritual gifts, deepen those for the empaths, the leaders who are looking to gain more clarity on what exactly their purpose is, what their soul's mission is, the mission that we're, we're here to lead. Um, the leaders that are going through this evolution that want to not just get clarity on what's next, but gain the confidence and the like certainty on what that thing is and create the the habits to support them and the energetic alignment to support them and like total the total like reconstruction of their foundation that when they go to move on their purpose everything is working in their favor and they can flow into it instead of feeling like they're continuously hitting roadblocks like mm-hmm. all right I know what it is I'm gonna go and then boom I gotta hit this thing and this thing and this thing it's like it's for the leader who's ready to stop fighting and ready to like actually live in ease and flow as they live out their soul's calling. Amazing. Oh my gosh. We go into channeling, we go into energy alchemy, we go into you master your soul vibrational alignment. Uh, Yeah. Like that whole like reconstruction of your thoughts and like all of that stuff we go into. I mean, it is like, it's a whole journey. Like it is a a program as much as it is an experience and it's a rites of passage. And so, um, yeah, it is. If you're feeling the call to go on like a true soul journey to the highest expression of yourself, I recommend, I recommend you join us. So yes. It's a very intimate group where um, we, we only let in a certain number because we want everyone to have the experience of being witnessed and being held and, um, and be fully supported as much as they need on their journey. And um, yeah, so I think, I think that's everything. Yeah. It's uh, a, yeah. It's 12 weeks, although this round is unique because we're going to be having, it's going to go through the holidays. So we're going to have integration yeah. weeks, which by mm. the way, I'm really excited about. Cool. That's right. So cool. It's like more time to like marinate in what we just did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you, ha- you were running this program even back when like we were going on our retreats, right? With the mastermind. Oh yeah. This program, yeah. this will be the 10th round of this. Wow. So you've helped yeah, a ton it, of people. That is it's awesome. Been, it's proven and uh, every time you know like analytical minds like how can we make this a little bit and so everything is like so perfectly crafted like even to the timing of things and when we talk about I mean it's like very um yes as close to perfect as I can make it (laughs) yes (laughs) I love it that's awesome and you guys if it's anything like you know her um reclaim your balance, like, which I know that activate your life's purpose is like your baby. So I know it's like chock full of stuff. Um, you guys are going to want to get in on this. I'm telling you, because I am having so many takeaways just from reclaim your balance. So, um, I know that this program is, is incredible. So where can people find you on social media? People can find me. I hang out mostly on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is ashley.dufrain. And you can also find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that is like my little home. Like it's totally <laughs> like 
we set the frequency there and it is for the empaths, the conscious leaders who are ready to just, who are on the process and in, in going through the evolution of like aligning with their authentic self and confidently living out their purpose. So it is full of like incredible people that you just want to meet. Like they're all yes. so amazing. Yeah. Uh, so those are the main two places that you can find me and yeah, reclaim your balance. Like it's such a good one. We're going to be running it again. I think um, we'll, we'll probably at least run it once a year, but yeah. it's like a sliver. It's like, if we could just take like, you know, like point, point, point 0.5% <laughs> of the program yeah. and just like expand yes. it, like that's what we kind of did there. It's like a little bit from these different parts, different modules and we pulled it out to just create a really um, fluid and, and full experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it is powerful. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. (laughs) And I will put all of that in like the show notes to the episode, like, you know, the link to your Facebook group, which by the way, I'm in. So you guys can come in (laughs) and say hi. Um, and to your Instagram and all of that. And then I can also put, um, the link to your website or enrollment page for Ashley A-Y-L-P. Life's purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll send you that. It's ashleydufrain.com slash A-Y-L-P. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. There's still, I feel like I could just talk about this stuff for hours, but. Me too. But yeah. Right. We could really go. <laughs> we really could. We could go forever on this. Yeah. Like, we might have to split up into like three. I know. <laughs> we might have to, honestly, like there's still so many things that I want to ask you next time. I'm going to like write it down. Um, but yeah, definitely. I would love to have you back. So you guys would love that like riffing with you is so fun. Like, thank you so much for inviting me on to this. This was very fun. (laughs) Of course. Thank you so much for, for coming on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you, Ashley. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys got as many takeaways as I did from the wonderful Ashley. If you guys loved this episode, please take a screenshot, share to your Instagram story and tag us. Her Instagram name is in the show notes. Mine is at underscore master your mind. We would love to see that you listened and even like sharing your biggest, you know, key takeaways would be amazing. Also, um, if you are loving these episodes, if you're loving this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. The link for that is in my Instagram bio, or you can head over to Apple Podcasts. As of right now, I believe that's the only way that you can leave a rating. I don't know how to do it on any other podcast platforms, and um, I know on Spotify you're unable to rate it. But if you guys, again, love it, please show support. I, I would love to see what you guys think. So again, uh, the link for that is in my bio. It's Apple Podcasts if you just search for my podcast. And please rate, review, and subscribe. When you subscribe, you get notified when new episodes come out. And I have a ton of more interviews planned, and I'm so excited to just bring these people that I know in this space to you guys and to allow them to share their wisdom with you and it's I've been having a lot of fun interviewing these these guests and I am always walking away with you know incredible like aha moments myself so I am sure that you guys are also having those moments as well so again thank you so much for listening and we'll see you at the next episode